Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Are you still with me? Okay, so she had to log out and she is logging back in. Let me go ahead. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read because she has the book and I'm going to continue to read. It says, um, I started, I'm going to continue to read. Let me just read, okay? And then you can adjust as you need to. It says in chapter four, it says, his words for me were words of love as well. We continued to talk over the phone for a couple of weeks after we parted. I was taken aback when he said to me, you know, it would be really easy for us to be angry at each other. But we don't, but we're not. I'm really proud of us for that. I have no idea what he was talking about. And to this day, I still don't know. Though he had left two days before we were to be married, I did not have one ill thought or feeling about him. I just loved him. Now, don't be too angry, ladies, leaving me went uh, then was the noblest thing he could have done. He could have left me at the altar after our first child was born or even after 20 years of marriage. He did right by me and I love him for that. When he said it, when he said it would be easy for us to be angry at each other, I remember thinking and still think that we must have been in two different relationships and I had nothing against him. And even though there were plenty of opportunities to be angry about things that transpired during the relationship and the present ordeal was quite painful. I could not think of anything to be angry with him about. Evidently, he felt differently. Imagine how surprised I was when he told me he was afraid of me. He did not explain why. And in fact, he said he didn't know why. My head went tilt, 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 does not compute. Fear and love cannot occupy the same space. I'll repeat that again. Fear and love cannot occupy the same space. Reflecting on various conversations that we had over the course of our relationship, it is my heartfelt belief that he wore himself out trying to be worthy of my love, so to speak, instead of just receiving it. That's it. Okay. So again, I just want to say that I believe sometimes we also have that misunderstanding with God. Yes. That, Let, mm -hmm. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I don't want to keep talking if you can hear me because that's the whole purpose of me just going to make sure that oh. you're hearing everything. that. Oh, yes. And this is very clear. This is very clear. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Praise the Lord. Yes. Okay, so let me tell you why <laughs> I came to that conclusion that, you know, my heart felt belief that he wore himself out trying to be worthy of my love, so to speak, instead of just receiving it. In the previous pages, I described the relationship, and I have um, gotten several, I've gotten a lot of feedback on my story, and it's usually, people are either, I'm going to say hot or cold, black or white, they're like, Mm -mm. What you were describing was codependency. I, I wouldn't have been able to stay either. That was just too much. Or they were like, oh my gosh, how could he leave? What was, you know, so it's either one side or the other. But the, the basis, not the basis of our relationship, but what happened in our relationship, and I'll speak from my side of it, was that everything I had belonged to him. We were in a long distance relationship, three hours apart. I was three hours apart. And um, 
I, you know, still lived my life, did my thing, but I made my schedule available to him. So even if he would call late at night, my time, I was available or however that worked. When he came to town, I would change my work schedule so that he could have my car during the day. So he could go wherever he wanted to go. I made sure my cabinets were stocked and refrigerator was stocked with things that he liked. So when he came over, he had things that he enjoyed. Um, and so let me say like this, um, we had a sanctified relationship. We had a sexually pure relationship. Okay. So this needs Absolutely. to be um, known because when I say everything, I, he could have whatever he wanted. And in the book, I said, well, almost anything, because there were a couple of things I was like, no, that's set aside for something else. But um, so I don't want to give the wrong picture. Absolutely. Certainly Thank not about you, Lord. That. Yeah. And so um, in the end, when he said, like like you read, we could be really angry at each other, but um, but we're not, and I'm proud of us for that. And I was like, mad, mad about what? I mean, it's like I was just, and even when it was time for us to part, you know, I was talking to my friend about it, and she says, do whatever you need to do to make a clean, clean break. Get as angry as you can so that you just stay mad so you could just, and I was like, I don't have that. And so what I did, it was all the love that I had that, allowed me to release him. But when he told me that he was afraid of me, oh, I cannot tell you how that affected me. Afraid. I love you. I'm giving you everything I have. And I, you're afraid of me. And it's like you emphasize true in the book, fear and love cannot occupy the same space. First John 4, 18, perfect love casts out fears. So how am I in this relationship loving you and loving on you and you're afraid of me? Right. And that's what caused me to wonder, hmm, does God look at us? Sometimes? So I'm thinking that this, this gentleman and I, this whole time, we were in two different relationships. So I'm like, does God look at us like that sometimes? Like, <laughs> We're in two different relationships. All I'm trying to do is love them. All I'm trying to do is bless them. All I'm trying to do is give to them. And they're afraid of me. So they think they have to act right in order to get my blessing. And if they don't act right, they think I'm ready to strike them with lightning. So instead of coming into my presence because they're drawn into my presence or because they're, they're receiving my love, they're coming in here based on their own self-righteousness. Mm -hmm. Because when you perform and you think that your performance is what allowed you to come into God's presence, then you're standing on what you have done and not on what he has done for you, not on what he has provided to you, not what he has given to you through Jesus Christ. Freely. Freely. And so that's why when not when we have an incorrect understanding of salvation, right? We're trying to be right instead of knowing that we've already been made right. Then anytime we fall, anytime we make a mistake, then in comes condemnation. In comes you don't deserve this. In comes that shame. In comes all this stuff that keeps you from entering into God's presence. You know, for example, and this is just, you know, you ever had to pay rent somewhere and you know you didn't make the rent this month 
and even though your landlord might be understanding and everything and says that's okay just get it to me when you can mm -hmm. you do everything you can to avoid that landlord because every time you come into your landlord's presence you're aware that you came up short that you don't have the money that's how people approach God sometimes. You think that when you make this mistake, you came up short, so you don't deserve to be in God's presence. And even when God tries to bless you, 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 you know, you, you don't receive it because you think you don't deserve it. That's that condemnation. Yes, yes. And so, and all of it stems from a place of self-righteousness. And we, I'm gonna say, sometimes we get it honest. Sometimes religion gives it to us that way. Tradition gives it to us that way. Tell the truth and let the Lord love you. You know, you go to hell for lying as quick as you do for stealing, right? You know, you gotta, you gotta and if you don't act right, then you don't get God's blessings. And now it's like what we talked about last month. There's a difference. There's a difference um, between religion and salvation. Right. Religion is when you do good, you get good. When you do bad, you get bad. Therefore, you need to do everything in your power to be good so you can get God's good. But when you receive salvation, because you receive what God has done for you and you let him do the work inside of you, the result is that you will be good because he's the one who's made the change in you. You know, when you, as you're talking, I can... I can see because I understand what self-righteousness is because I used to live in that world as well. I used to believe that my performance and that's, it's a natural thing for us to do because we want to be accepted. We want to be loved and liked and we don't, we don't recognize apart from a mother or father's love. That's if you've received that as a child. We don't understand what that is. We don't understand that um, a, a mother's love, that when a mother bring, carries a child from the time of conception, that the baby is here. It, the baby isn't here when the baby is born. Right, right. From the moment the baby has been conceived, the baby is here. And so she does everything she needs to do to take care of the child. Mm -hmm. And wherever she goes, the child goes. Yeah. Because yeah. The, the child is here and she loves on it. She, she just continually takes care of herself. She eats the right thing. She goes to bed at the right time. Uh, she goes to the doctor. She does everything because the child is here. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as there's a child once the, the child is birthed into the world. The child is here. From the moment of conception, Amen. the moment you receive Christ, you have Hallelujah. been translated into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. The moment you receive Christ as, as your savior, you now are walking in a place of him being your Lord. Why? Or how does that look? It looks the same way as that mother carrying the child. Because everything she does, she she's Lord. She's She's the one that's taking care of the child that is in her. She's the one that's making sure that everything she eats, he eats. She's making sure Ooh. that every time she rests, he rests. Or she rests. That's, the pro that's the process of having Jesus be Lord. Hallelujah. I hope I'm helping somebody here because that's Hallelujah. what that is. Because you are yeah. the body of Christ. Yes. And he yeah. is the head. 
Yes. And so we are attached to him. We, when he is a Lord, we come in under his rulership, under his lordship, under his sovereignty. And so everything that he does, he does for our good. So, and, and so because he works on the inside out, you don't always see the manifestation of things because it's not something that you have to do. It's not uh, the soldier that has to stand at attention at his post and not slump to keep mm. his rifle up correctly, to walk the 10 paces, turn on a dot. That See, when you are able to do that and you do it perfectly, you take pride in that. But there's no, there's nothing for you to take pride in in Christ except Christ Himself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because He's the one that holds, shapes, and molds you. And so, as you're talking about this, this relationship, um, how how is it that you don't recognize that the love that I have is for you and for you alone? It has nothing to do with what you do, how you do it, how you, what you say or how you say it, those things we understand, that's just how people are. And just like God understands that we were born in the flesh, but because we were born of the spirit now, those things have to be worked out of us. And because of his grace and mercy, he understands that. That's why he sent his son, Jesus, that we would believe on him. I think I need to, to read that scripture again in John 17 it says and this is eternal life that they may know you who is you he's talking about God that they would know the father the only true God and Jesus Christ and Jesus right mm -hmm. whom you have sent hallelujah you cannot know God the father you cannot know your creator you cannot understand who he is unless you understand who Jesus is and what he's done for you which has paid the price for you. You, there's nothing you can do. Amen. And and it comes true with receiving Him. It's like you said. And and I'm gonna go here. I, I I'm just gonna go here. And you talked about it very well. Um, I ooh, I love that the baby is conceived and the mother is like the Lord. And when she sleeps, the baby sleeps. When she eats, the baby eats. And that's what it's like to have Jesus as our Lord. But what happens is a lot of times. People merely receive Jesus as Savior. Yay, he died for my sins. He rose on the third day. Hallelujah. I get to go live with God in heaven forever. And that is definitely worthy of celebration. But if you have not made him your Lord, you're not going to know how to enjoy or appropriate everything that was accomplished through Jesus' death burial, and resurrection. Romans chapter 10, verse 9, very familiar scripture, especially it's on the Roman road. And when we're leading people to Christ, we say that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, what does that mean? That means confess that Jesus is Lord. Mm -hmm. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So if these conditions are in place, if you have confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you have believed in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then the result is you shall be saved. 
because scripture says that Jesus is the savior of the whole world. Whether people receive him or not, he is the savior of the whole world, but it's only those who enter in and make him Lord that they will receive the benefits of his being their savior because he's going to teach them how to walk in that salvation that has been provided. When True was, uh, Pastor True was talking earlier um, just about, you know, why am I not seeing the same victory that other people are seeing? People are getting jobs and promotions. They're getting healing. They're seeing manifestations of demons and casting them down. All That's salvation. That is salvation. That is the victory that God provided for us yes. here in the earth through Jesus Christ. That is the abundant life. That is what we're supposed to be experiencing here on right. earth. Salvation is not reserved for when we get to heaven. We don't need it when we get to heaven. Everything is a-okay in heaven. Everything is perfect in heaven. God gave it to us so we would know how to operate down here on earth and not for ourselves only because he says that we are the light uh, we are to let our he is the light of the world we are to let our light shine we're to be the light and the salt in the earth in other words we're supposed to be allowing jesus to live through us to the extent that the world those who have not made jesus lord are seeing a difference right they say hey i want what you have and right. then but that's why it's not, oh, well, I go to church every Sunday. I serve on the deacon board. I get up at three o'clock every morning and I pray. See, that, that, that's not what you tell them. What you tell them is Jesus came into my life. Jesus saved me. Jesus did for me what I could not do for myself. If he can do it for me, he can do it for you. Amen. Um, as you were talking, I was reminded of scripture when Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus and, um, you know, Nicodemus came to him and asked, uh, you know, well, literally he stated, uh, uh, we know that you come from God because no man can do the things that you do. Amen. And uh, Jesus began to explain to him, um, unless you are born again of spirit and water, you cannot see what, watch this. You cannot see the kingdom of heaven. You cannot see in the spirit room. You cannot see the things that are be, um, beyond your, your vision, your natural vision. You cannot see because the kingdom of heaven is eternal and it is in, invisible. You cannot see it. And Nicodemus really he was having a hard time because uh, he said, how can a man be born again? How could a man go back into his mother's womb? That's important because you, you're thinking that you have to have, it's almost like that thought of reincarnation and you can come back again and do things over and do them better. You're still mm -hmm. operating in the flesh. You're still operating in the mindset that you can do something to achieve the blessings and the love of God by carrying out certain things, because in the Jewish uh, for in the Jewish community, uh, it you know you had to, at the age of thirteen you became a man and had a bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah you got married, uh, you became you went to school to learn the law, then you became a you know so these things established you as being uh, of the kingdom, of, of elevation and moving forward. 
uh, into salvation. And um, Jesus said, that stuff doesn't mean anything. You have to be born of spirit, meaning you have to allow the spirit of God to, you have to receive the spirit of God. Once you recognize that I am from God, then you have to open up and receive everything that I am saying. You, what do you have to receive? You have to receive the truth of what I tell you. Amen. Amen. Because that's what he said. I, when Jesus was on this earth, he said, I, I'm preaching the kingdom. Amen. Amen. He didn't say I'm preaching salvation. I, I'm, uh, he said repent, meaning change your mind. Change your mind. About the things that you are believing. But I'm coming to preach the kingdom of God. And you will not be able to access it or receive it unless you are born of the spirit. What? Receiving every word that I've said. Why? Because he said also that when he leaves this earth to go back with his father, he will send the advocate. The whole, He will send Holy Spirit. And once you have believed in him and you receive Holy Spirit, then you are able to see the kingdom. You cannot see the kingdom of God in self-righteousness. You cannot. Um, true, Pastor True, the scripture that comes to mind is 2 Corinthians um, chapter 2. Make sure. Sometimes I get my first and seconds mixed up. Make sure I'm right. Uh, make that first Corinthians <laughs> chapter okay. two. Yes. So, and it's verse 14. And in the King James Version, it says, but the natural man, talking about the flesh, the carnal man, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God. Why? For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Amen. So we, we can't, where, where Jesus told Nicodemus, if, unless you're born again, born of the spirit, you'll not be able to see the kingdom of God. You're not going to be able, what I'm telling you is going to make no sense. You're just not going to be able to see it. You're not going to be able to understand it. You're not going to be able to comprehend it. You're not. To, and so when you are born again and I'm preaching the kingdom, you're just going to receive it because you're receiving it as my word. My, and when I speak, I speak the truth. That's the only way we're going to be able to operate in the kingdom of God. That's the only way we're going to be able to walk out our salvation. The natural realm, the natural man says, I must do right. The natural mind says, I can't sin. And if I do, I have to punish myself or I have to, or even, and now get this. I, I think I shared this testimony here, or if not, here it is. You know, the Lord, oh, I love the Lord. He saved me when I was eight years old. And I mean, he just drew me. It's just been a, a sacred romance that it wasn't some tragedy that brought me in. It wasn't some, it was just the tender love of God. And I love the Lord. Everybody who knew me knew I loved the Lord, you know, and I was different in school, meaning that I was different from everybody else. People would come to me, other students would come to me with their problems about their parents and everything. I'd just say, tell them the truth. 
Don't try to hide it. Don't like just tell them the truth. You know, um, I remember a friend came to my house one time and she was talking to my dad and she says, you know what? A lot of my friends talk bad about their parents, but I never hear her talking bad about her. Mm. You know, the, people mm. can see the light in mm. me, what I'm trying to say. But I'm telling you what, when it got, I was about 12, 13 years old. I was in middle school, you know, and uh, we had moved to, to Missouri and, and we went to church, Church of God in Christ. And there was like church every night of the week, revivals, all this kind of stuff. And every Friday night I was at the altar rededicating my life because I thought I had lost my salvation. Because I, I, I rededicated my life. I meant it when I said it, Lord, I'm sorry, Lord, I don't want to do this anymore. Lord, I don't want to. And the next morning, here I go again, you know, and it's not even necessarily making the same mistakes. It's because I really wanted to do right, but I didn't have the power to do it because at that time I had not received the Holy Spirit and I didn't have the know-how. Repent, just turn from it. I, I didn't, it wasn't like I wasn't saved anymore. I did right. not. So I understand when people receive Jesus as Savior and without making them Lord, it, it doesn't mean that you know, they're not in. It's saying they don't know how to operate in it. They, they, you, we have to receive that understanding. We have to know that when God saves us, he saves us to the uttermost. And it's not up to us to keep it. Now it is up to us not to reject it because there is such a thing as denouncing the Lord and denouncing everything that he has done. And this is the person who cannot be won into the kingdom because they have of their own accord chose, they've walked with God, they've, they've experienced the goodness of God, but they've chosen to turn their back on him anyway. God says that person can't be saved, not because I don't want them to be saved, but because they have chosen not to be saved. Amen. Amen. And that brings me back to the, as you were talking, it also makes me think uh, again about the the child in the mother's womb um because again with the idea of nicodemus believing that he had to go back into his mother's womb because he was old already and he could not go back and change the things that he had done um being born again means that we are in the womb we are in christ jesus so you are in Christ Jesus. And just like the mother always has a relationship with their, or should always have a relationship with their children, the, uh, a, a good relationship and uh, a relationship that's built on Christ or built on communication and built on dwelling and um, uh, participating and practicing the love that you have for one another never ends. You are always strung together you can be anywhere and you will understand that uh you know your your child needs you. you you even as a once your child is removed from the mother's uh womb and the child is now maybe in another room the mother has this distinct hear hearing that will pick up them the child's voice they will the murmur uh the sheets rustling, <laughs> you know, I, and you're talking to them and, and uh, whatever it is. And they, they're like, wait a minute. And you're like, what? That's my child. And you don't hear anything. And then all of a sudden it comes to you. Oh yes, I do hear them now. 
That's how our father is. We are children of God. That's the key here for a lot of our, um, our understanding. We have to recognize that we are children of God and we are connected with the Lord and the father. We are one with him. Amen. And even though we and even though he has he's birthed in us this recognition, we are still united with him. And that's why if we have two different um, understandings of the relationship and the love that he has for us, that is why sometimes we will say, um, you know, okay, maybe that was your will to separate or not to give me the thing that I asked for, or why I'm still in this place and I can't get out because, uh, you know you don't want to give it to me or you love my sister more than you love me or you love my brother. That's not what that is. And right. that's something that we have um, that is a problem in the body of Christ. You think that what your brother or sister has is not available to you, that they've done something better than you, <laughs> that they're, they, they have some, some type of, uh, hold on God or your father that he's he made them their favorite and that's not true you're his favorite too the thing is you don't recognize and you don't have the communication that they have with him they they sit down to understand what it means to have a relationship and to receive the love that they have from their from their heavenly father just like if you spend time with your mother or your, your, your natural mother, natural father, you will understand. And I, again, I'm not speaking, I know that there are um, families and households that don't have that, but you have a relationship with someone, whether it's your grandmother, your sister, your brother, uh, someone you have that you can literally feel comfortable in that relationship, in that space and open up and talk to. And they never say to you, well, you know what? I told you that I love you and I have these things for you, but you won't receive them. So I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore. Or because you've messed up, you know, I can't really see myself, you know, loving you the way I did because you made that mistake. No, they don't do that. No. They don't do that. Uh, being a child of God, you recognize that you have this undesirable uh you have this place in 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 um in christ jesus in with the father that cannot be uh separated paul says that nor height nor uh depth nor what is, how does it go no, nothing can separate us from the love of god amen nothing. amen unless you decide to be separated because what i described in this relationship in this book when i said you know when I went back and reflected on it, um, it was my heartfelt belief that he wore himself out trying to be worthy of the love that he was receiving from me. And sometimes that's how we are with God. It's like Pastor True just said, God's not going to say, I'm trying to give you this love. You're not receiving it. Fine. I'm cutting you off. That will never happen. Amen. But when you say, Lord, this is, this is, when you're constantly trying to deserve that love, and you know you don't deserve that love, but you're trying to do it in your own strength anyway. That's what's going to cause you to be afraid. That's what's going to cause you to walk away. That's why the Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. As a matter of fact, let's turn there because it says, it talks about it as being perfected in love. Um, so turn to 1 John chapter 4. 
And I, oh, I want to start at verse 16 because this is, yes, Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Um, verse 16. So 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. I'm reading out of the King James Version. And it says, And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. Okay, so this is coming from an apost the apostle of love, as a matter of fact. But look at how important it is. We have known and believed the love that God hath for us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Okay, I want to, um, let me see, and then verse 16, I mean 17, herein is our love made perfect. No, I don't want to do that. I want to do 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Here it is. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. And it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Yeah, knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Yeah, there's a scripture I'm looking for, but it says that he, um, oh, sorry, one more time. First John chapter four, verse 18. Here we go. King James, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. That's what I'm trying to say. In the Amplified Classic, it says, for fear brings with it the thought of punishment. That's why if I don't think I measure up to the love, then I think I'm either going to be punished by that person or I'm punishing myself. But fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And so he who is afraid not reached the full maturity of love is not yet grown into love's complete perfection. That scripture is the scripture that I had stood on because when I first came into Christ, I went through a lot of things, but um, that scripture, even today, I use that scripture to stand on. It is the banner that I wave. And the reason why, because I had to realize even that scripture that says God has not given us a spirit of fear but of love, power, and sound mind. I had to recognize that when we work in self-righteousness, when we put forth a self-righteous effort to do something, um, it is our pride that we have, uh, that we take in our, you know, our own, uh, you know, flesh, in our own uh, ability to, it's like if I have the gift to tell jokes and I tell jokes because I want people to like me, I have a pride in that ability. If I have the ability to uh, make people feel comfortable all the time, I take pride in that. And this is what happens because I take pride in that and I, I get the accolades and the praise for that. I continue to operate in that fashion and not look for the genuine and organic and authentic relationship. I look for it because of what I can give someone so that I can get back that feeling of satisfaction. And so then what happens is when you don't receive it, 
when you don't receive the accolades, when you don't receive the praise, or you someone does not succumb to your jokes, they don't find them funny, or they don't find your advice worthy, you feel what? Rejected. And when you feel rejected, rejected means to let go. You let go. You eject from the situation. You don't want to be in that relationship because everything that I've done or everything that I've tried to do, you don't receive me. And you don't recognize that people are not looking for to, or that person is not looking to um, receive you and to abide in your presence because of that. They simply want to know who you are, but you have put on this um, show and this presence, this facade of who you think you ought to be because so many people have received it and not challenged you to be acceptance of who you are. Amen. And so this scripture here that says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out all fear. Perfect love means that you can receive the love of yourself as well as the love of God, because you receive that God loves you just the way you are. Mm -hmm. I see, I don't have to be witty. I don't have to have, you know, uh, perfect uh, syntax. I don't have to, you know, know everything or do I just have to be me. Amen. And so when he says that uh, perfect love cast out fear, literally, when you begin to feel rejected and you want to run away, God says, hold up. Nope. Let me move. I got to move that out of the way. He casts it out. With his love. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. And because he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and sound mind, those start to activate. We start to walk in the understanding and the knowledge of that I understand that God loves me despite my flaws. I Amen. understand that uh, this love that I have is already perfected because it's the love of Christ that he's constantly giving me. This, it's nothing that I, it's nothing outward. It's inwardly. It's the relationship that I have with him. And he constantly is kicking out any feelings or thoughts of rejection. Amen. And so I have the power to receive his love. I have the power to receive and not run away from him when I feel that I've done something wrong or when Amen. I feel that I cannot get into the presence or receive the attention or whatever it is that I need. I run to, I need you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I need you, Father. Hallelujah. I didn't realize that I was putting on again. Amen. Yeah. I, I, I didn't realize that I was uh, putting on airs. I didn't re I realize that I was acting out in pride because that's what that is. The scripture says above it uh, in verse 16, where you read, it says, and we have known and believed, believed. what? The love that God, love has, that God has for, for us. us. We have known and believed. Hallelujah. It's the power, right? Yes. That God has for us. And then it says, God is love and he who abides in the love. Again, it's children there. of God, you abide in that. You will either allow pride to rise up or you will allow humility to abide in your heart. This is just, and so when pride rises up, it does not want to attach itself to anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But love abides. Amen. 
you just you just made the difference between pride and and humility you said pride does not abide pride rejects humility abides and humility receives the bible says that god resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble grace is an empowerment and humility receives it humility says i am who god says i am and he says i'm loved I have what God says I have. And if he says he's given me the kingdom of God, he's given me all these blessings, then I have those things. I don't have to work for them. And I can do what God says I can do. I can live victoriously in this earth right now. Eternity is now for me. I can live this eternal life now. Then I can do that. Humility says I am who God says I am. Excuse the loud noise. It's an airplane riding kind of low. Humility says, I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. I can do what God says I can do. And humility simply receives. May I read some more from the book, Drew? Absolutely. Okay, I'd like to be on page five, the last paragraph. And it says, God loves us. There's nothing we can do to earn his love. There is nothing we can do to make him love us more. And there is nothing we can do to make him love us less. God simply loves us. He has loved us since before the foundation of the world. He demonstrated his love for us in that he spared, excuse me, he spared not his own son. Rather, he gave his all and he gave his best. Hallelujah. While we were still sinners, before we were even thinking about him, um, his son, Jesus Christ, died for us. God did not wait for us to become worthy or to earn his love. We wouldn't be able to anyway. He didn't even wait to see if we would return his love. He loved us simply because he is love. Can I just say that one more time? He didn't even wait to see if we would return his love. Amen. He didn't even wait <laughs> to see <laughs> if we would return his love. And that, that is a powerful statement. Amen. 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 And so let's turn back to page two now. Page two. And I'm going to start on the third paragraph. And it says, salvation is about relationship, not religion. When we enter into relationship with Jesus, we receive his love. We receive his provision. We receive his guidance. We receive the victory that re results from receiving his love, provision, and guidance, which equip us to overcome battles and shortcomings. In religion, people often fear that God will reject them. They fear that God will be angry at them or fear that God will abandon them. They rarely experience victory because they have an inaccurate perception of who God is. In trying to be right with God, they do not realize that through Jesus, they are already made right in God. This is one of the reasons so many Christians live beneath their, their kingdom benefits. If Christians would just learn to receive. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to just read from just to kind of cinch that in. I'm going to read from Romans 4, 
23, I believe it is. Don't you all love how this is a real-time ministry through the Holy Spirit? <laughs> Amen. You know, we don't have our scriptures written down. This is what Holy Spirit is bringing to us hot off the press. Amen. So Amen. Receiving in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm going to start. I'm going to start in verse 21. Okay. Romans 4. And I'm reading from the New King, King James Version. So Romans 4, verse 21. And it reads, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus, our Lord from the dead, who was Oh, I'm sorry. I'm reading from the wrong. It's not verse. It's not chapter four. It's chapter eight. Oh, okay, but that was good too. I like. That. Wasn't it? <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. It's Romans three. Romans three, verse twenty-one. But that so it all works together. Okay. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's the word. It's Jesus. Okay. But let's read from Romans three, verse twenty-one. It says, "But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned." and fall short of the glory of God. 24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God sent forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate what? To demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. It is all on him. Hallelujah. Never did we have anything to do with it. Hallelujah. We don't, we don't have anything to do with what God is doing in us, through us. He, what he did from the very foundations of the world is the, the, the very thing that he is still doing today. He has taken it upon himself to make us right with him. And this is a gift that is given. And you have to rightly receive the gift. You cannot receive the gift and then put it down. And say, no, I have the gift. I have the gift. But you have not opened it. You not, have not gone into it. You have not appreciated it. You have not even, well, Father, where'd you get this from? And how do I use it? You have not appropriated it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The gift is free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can't work to receive it. No. No matter what anybody tells you. Okay. Not, you, you let me let me explain it this way and, and then we're gonna get ready to kind of do the salvation and actually um invite you into the house of god and a relationship with god but let me let me let me say this to you 
you being to church on time and going to Bible study every Wednesday and prayer on Friday and, and being a part of the ministry, all of those things, those are commendable. And those are things that you do because you have a love and a relationship with God and you want to serve. It does not build your relationship or make you better than anyone else or put you in right standing. We do these things because it's honoring God. That's what that is. Yes, you just said that. I saw, and I'm not a physics student, okay? I'm not. But I think there's a law of physics that says two objects cannot occupy the same space, mm -hmm. right? And you were just talking about those things. Do not put you, doing those things, going to church, Bible study, do not put you in right standing with God. But if you look at those things as making you Mr. or Mrs. Super Saint, then you are justifying yourself. Because, I, because I'm there on time, because I do more than Sister Sally Sue, because I sacrifice so much, because I, you are justifying yourself. But here in Romans 3, what Pastor True just read in verse 26, to declare, I, uh, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, his righteousness, it's his righteousness that makes us righteous, that he might be just and the justifier of him that believeth in Jesus. He's the one who justifies. But if we are justifying ourselves through our actions, through our doings, then we are occupying that space of justifier and Jesus can't occupy it. Two objects cannot occupy the same space. So it's either gonna be you justifying yourself or it's going to be Jesus justifying you through his death, burial and resurrection. Amen, 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 amen. Sorry, amen. that just came to me real strong. <laughs> Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Because that's the whole gist of it. And so we have come to the end of our time. We've actually gone over a little bit, but um, at this point, I'm going to ask the prophetess uh, to do the salvation call. And uh, for those who are, have a heart to receive Christ or for those who have um, received Christ already, but all of a sudden things started kind of clicking and you are ready to receive everything that God has for you. And you are ready to start prospering in the things of God. And you are ready to start moving forward. And you've kind of gotten the concept and the idea now. Oh my gosh, all this time, <laughs> I thought that what I was doing and how I was doing it was the right way. And here in Romans 3 and 26, it states that it is God himself who's going to be the just, who will uh, find out who are the just and who, who he justifies. He is in control. He is the one who gives us the grace and mercy. He's the one that does it all. Amen. You just have to receive it. Amen. You just have to he, humble yourself and say, Lord, okay, okay, do it. Amen. I need you, I, I, not, that, not only do I want you to, but I need you to be Lord of my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Father God, as prophetess goes in with the salvation, I'm asking that every heart and every mind is open to receive. 
And we just come against any distraction. We come against every lie of the enemy in the name of Jesus. We come against cobwebs of the mind those things are being caught up you know that cobweb that you can't see unless it hits the right light well lord shine the light on it in the name of jesus and sweep it away in the name of jesus we just thank you right now for every heart and every mind in the name of jesus that will receive the lord as uh receive Jesus as Lord, not only Savior, but as Lord today and for future generations and for future viewers in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Hallelujah. I'm just going to come from Romans 3 that Pastor True just read, and um, this is going to be familiar to a lot of you. So hear hear it with a fresh ear. I'm going to read uh, Romans chapter 3, verses 23 and 24 out of the King James Version. We know 23 real good. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And sometimes saints use that as an excuse to stay in sin or to wallow in sin a little bit or God knows my heart. Yes, he sure does. You better get it right. But look at what verse 24 says. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So when we put these two verses together, 23 says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But verse 24 says, so just as much all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We don't have to stay in sin. We don't have to wallow in sin. We can actually live above sin because that is why Jesus came to empower us to do so. But we can't do it if we don't make him Lord and learn his way of doing things. And we've been talking today about how important it is to just receive the love of God because there's not, we, we can't repay him. We can't earn it. We, we can't do anything to deserve it. The only proper response to God's love is to receive it. The only proper response to God's grace is thank you. And I want to read from Psalms 116 out of the New International Version. Just verses, um, how come I just had it? Okay, verses 12 and 13. Psalm 116, verses 12 and 13. This is out of the New International Version. For those of you who think that we have to repay God, check it out. It says, what shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. In the King James, it says, I will take the cup of salvation. What does that mean? That means I will receive God's salvation that he has provided to me. How, what shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? Receiving everything he's got and calling on his name, knowing that it's, it's he who justifies me. It's yes. not me. It's he who works it in me, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Hallelujah. It's he who provides every blessing. It's he who has given me all things that pertain to life right. and godliness. It's he who has blessed me with all spiritual blessings. Everything I get is from him. So how will I um, give back to the Lord for all the goodness that he's done for me? I'll receive everything. Thank you, Lord. 
So is there anybody who wants to receive the salvation of the Lord today? And I'm not talking about receive it and leave it in the box like Pastor Koo just talked about. I'm talking about receive it and use it and use it up. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell you this quick story. So I, um, you know, I love the word of God. I have my Bible, you know, and I had to get a cover for this one because my pages are starting to fall out. It's just easy to keep it all together in the cover. But I went to this church one time and I had my Bible and the preacher was preaching and I was taking notes, but I was taking notes directly in my Bible. And the usher came up to me and she says, would you like a piece of paper? I said, no, thank you. And I'm an adult. I'm an adult. She said, would you like a piece of paper to take notes on? I said, no, thank you. And she was like, well, you should not write in your Bible. My Bible is not so holy, so sacred, so set apart that I, I have a relationship with the word of God. I'm in it. As a matter of fact, it's, a, it's almost like, and it's not taking pride, but it's almost like, yeah, this is a good Bible when the pages start falling out. It's a good Bible when the leather starts peeling off. It's a good Bible, but you got a Bible. <laughs> right. Right. And, and it's so funny when I go to conferences and everything and, and I'll hear preachers sending me up and they're like, oh my gosh, I just got a new Bible. You guys just deal with me because the pages still stick together. We like those Bibles. When you open it, it opens up to where you have been. You know where you've been. Your Bible just automatically opens up. It's about using it up. It's about mm -hmm. occupying till he comes. It's, it's not about getting this gift and setting it on a shelf or hiding it and keeping it Amen. like the, the one with the talents who hid the talent and didn't do anything mm -hmm. with it. Come no. on. God wants us to receive his salvation and he wants us to use it and he wants us to, to go for more. And then and when we're filled up, get filled up some more, he enjoys that because you think God's going to run out? I don't think so. As much as we are willing to receive, actually, let me tell you something. He wants to give to us even more than we want to receive. And a prayer that God has given me recently has been, Lord, I align my desire to receive with your desire to give. I want to be able to receive on the same level that you desire to bless me. And he's increasing my capacity to receive from him. We often hear it as take the limits off of God. I'm taking the limits off of me. I want to receive as much as he wants to give. How will I return unto the Lord for his goodness for me? I will take the cup of salvation and I will call upon the name of the Lord because I know that it all comes from him. I know that he has everything I need. And guess what? He even has everything you want. And he will not run out. And to the degree that you receive and you appropriate and use what he's given you, he's ready to pour out some more. I just referenced the, the man with the talent. Well, guess what? There were three guys with talents. One got five talents, one got two talents, and one got one talent. The guy who had five, he used it, he invested it, he doubled what he had. And then the master said, come on, come with me. You get to be my partner now. The same with the guy with two talents. He used it, he invested it, he um, uh, doubled it, brought back four talents. Come on, you get to be my partner now. And the one, the, the third guy who received the one talent, he hid it. He buried it. He says, I was afraid that I would let you down. So I hid your talent. And do you know what the master called him? He said, you unprofitable, good for nothing. Not willing to take a chance. Get away from me. I cast you into outer darkness. God wants us to receive from him. 
and enjoy it and use it. It's okay if it gets dirty. It's okay if it gets messy. It's okay if it doesn't keep looking perfect. God just wants you to receive from him and to grow in relationship with him because you know what? It's like even when, when we come into salvation, when we make Jesus Lord, we don't get everything right. So we don't have to. He's the one who justifies us. And when we call on the name of the Lord, Lord, help. That's what this psalm was actually about. It was the psalmist saying, Lord, help. And God did. And then the psalmist said, what shall I return to the Lord? He will help you. you and then you will get to know him in ways that you didn't know him before. And now you know him in a new way. So moving forward, you have more confidence in him because you've gone closer to him. In this aspect of the relationship. Is there anybody who wants to receive from the Lord? If you would like to make I, I, I just got to say this as you were talking about and about the talents and, and then I'm going to let you do this because I, I think someone needs to know this when she spoke about the talents that God the, the, those, he, God gave them the talents I, I need you to hear this he gave to one two, five, one. He gave and asked them to use it. God has so many things for you. God is a creative God. He creates in you when you are born again, the very thing that he has for you. This is not about going to church. This is about becoming disciples of Christ, being led by the spirit of God that you would accomplish the works that he has called you for from the foundations of the world into the earth. So you are not any longer dependent upon your understanding of your gifts, your talents, your, your uh, good works or whatever, the talents that you have. Like I said before, the gentleman or the person who tells good jokes, the woman who is a, a good uh, gives good advice, God says, no, I want to give you the talents that I have for you that you would use. We're talking about salvation and allowing God to be Lord of your life that he would pour into you, that you would use the gifts that he has given you. These are given freely. This is where you will begin to see the fruit and the manifestation of all the things that God has for you. But you have to let go of those perceptions and the things that you've been holding on to that you're good at. And stop being afraid of the calling of prophet, Amen. apostle, Amen. pastor, teacher, Amen. and evangelist. Amen. You have to stop being afraid and rejecting Amen. the gift that God has given you and called you. Amen. And know that he loves you. And abide in that love and go forth and move in freely the Amen. gift that he has bestowed. Amen. This is the very thing that we are trying to teach, making disciples that you would go out and do the thing. This is what maturity in the body of Christ looks like when you take your rightful place. Amen. This is not about church service. This is not about ministry. This is not about knowing the Bible from front to back. This is about your calling, your mantles, 
and the ability to move in the spirit realm in authority on the earth, eternity. So this morning, I'm asking each and every one of you that you would receive the new wind of God, that you would receive it with open arms, no shackles, no conditions, even in your state of fear and unbelief, receive it that he would do the thing that he has promised to do in you. This is a call to the fivefold ministry. This is a call to the kingdom of God. This is a call to your assignment that God has given you. This is redefining your understanding, our understanding of eternity. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. That was Apostle True right there. Yes, establishing Lord. in the kingdom of God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He that have ears to hear, let him hear in the name of Jesus. So if you hear today, and you are here today, whether on the live recording or during um, a replay, and you want to receive salvation, you want to receive the gift that God has for you, you or maybe you, you've been in the body of Christ for a long time, but now you're ready to open the box. You're ready to open the package. You're ready to open the gift. Whether for the first time, or whether you're a seasoned saint, repeat this prayer after me. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Come into my life. I ask you to be my Lord. I make you my Lord. I choose to follow you. I choose to be taught by you. I choose to walk like you. I choose to talk like you. I choose to live like you. I choose to love like you. I choose to be like you. Thank you for being my Lord. Thank you for teaching me how to walk out my salvation. I choose to obey you. And I thank you for justifying me. I turn the reins of my life over to you. I give you control. I turn from doing things my way. And I turn to doing things your way. Hallelujah. And right now I ask you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I receive the power to live this life that you have given me. I receive the evidence of speaking in tongues. I thank you for my heavenly prayer language. I thank you for my heavenly praise language. 
And I thank you for life anew. And I thank you that my eternity in the right direction starts now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now just open your mouth, begin to give God praise, and begin to speak in your heavenly prayer language. Understand that it is the Holy Spirit who gives you utterance, but he needs your mouth, your tongue, your voice. You have to do it. So if you hear whatever sounds you hear, syllables, words, even sentences, whatever it is that you hear, even though it might sound funny to your natural ears, by faith, receive the gift. It is a gift of God. Holy Spirit is the gift of God. Receive it and begin to speak in your heavenly prayer language. Thank you, Jesus. 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 For all that has been accomplished in this place at this time. Thank you for this appointment on heaven's calendar. Glory to God. And we just want to take this opportunity for those of you who are listening, for those of you who just prayed that prayer, welcome to the family. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise to God. The angels in heaven are rejoicing. We're rejoicing. Hallelujah. And we want to hear from you. We want to hear from you because we want to celebrate with you. We want to keep you lifted up in prayer. We Amen. want to encourage you. We want to mentor you. We want to connect you with good churches in your local area. Yes. Whatever assistance we can be. So please contact so us. And we want to celebrate as we close today that we are now walking on the same truth and that as we continue in the things of God, that we will continually walk together. So, because the word of God also tells us that the path unto righteousness is narrow. Eternal life, right? The, the path is narrow, not the broad one. Not, not the, where you see everybody going. Not that one. Not that one. So we want to walk in the same truth. And so I'm going to read, and then we'll close. I'll pray and close us out until next time. Romans 4, verse 5 says, but to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness, just as David also describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. Wow. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to, or woman to whom the Lord shall not impute sins. Father God, we just thank you for today. We thank you for every soul that has received you as Lord. We thank you, Father God, for our time with you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for having your way this morning. And we look forward to seeing each and every one of you next time. Third Saturday, right. we love you, God bless you, and welcome to the family for those who have received Jesus Christ as Lord. Amen. God bless. God bless. Hello.